0: Now it's time for inspirational women and my guest, Vicky Duran, the author of Wave Woman: The Life and Struggles of a Surfing Pioneer. Vicky writes about her mother Betty Pembroke Heldrich Winstead. Betty was the embodiment of a Renaissance woman, and we have every reason to be grateful that Vicky decided to share her mother's story, as it has the potential to encourage every one of us. Vicki Duran, good morning, and it is so wonderful to have you join us today.
1: Oh, thank you, Kate. I'm just very happy to be have this opportunity to share
0: my story. And what a story it is. What an amazing yes. story that you've written, yes. which happens to be about your mother, and who yes. is no longer with us, but... Oh, what a mighty force. And how was it to have Betty as your mother?
1: She was the perfect mother for me. I've often thought, what would I have done if she had not been my mother? It would have been a disaster because she just was the best for me. I was very independent. I thought I knew everything at age 10 or 11 and she just listened to me and treated me we were almost like sisters from a very young age and it was it was the best and as i reflected to write this book i just have more and more appreciation for her and for Our relationship and what we were able to do together uh, to enjoy surfing in the ocean and Hawaii. So Wave Woman, The Life and Struggles of a Surfing Pioneer, the book. And it's the story of my mother, who was a woman with guts and curiosity and persistence. She was born in 1913 in Salt Lake City and was the great-granddaughter of Mormon pioneers from England in the 1860s. And she believed that anything exciting was worth trying at least once.
0: Thinking of that, if if she had that kind of feeling, no wonder she was wonderful to have as a mother because she was going to really understand and inspire and I think probably allow you some breadth of experience because of that attitude.
1: Right. And when I was 12, she put me on, uh, her sister had moved to Hawaii in the 1930s, just out of high school and ended up marrying a man who was the superintendent of the uh, leper colony on Kalapapa Molokai. So they had invited me to come to the leper colony. So when I was 12, my mother put me on the plane by myself and off I went to Hawaii to spend the summer. And I think that those kinds of things fostered a lot of independence in me. She believed in me. And um, yeah, it's what, from what I hear, that's the way that children need to be raised, not with helicopter parents.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, it's good to hear you actually say it like that. Uh, I couldn't agree more, Vicki. To give kids that foundation, then trust them to, ex- you know, explore the world on their own and find what is meaningful to them, which... In your case, a lot of it dovetailed with your mother's interests, thinking about, well, Wave Woman and the pioneering uh, with surfing, right?
1: Right, right. And, and then coming from a line of pioneers who yes. were also metal artists and made their own wagons to get to Salt Lake and it, it left uh, her great-grandfather left England when he was 73 years old for a better life
0: in America. Well, I was just thinking pioneering then was really then in her blood. She came by it very naturally in that sense.
1: Right. And then during her life, she broke glass ceilings. She was in uh, the early... USC dental hygiene class. It was the second class. It was a brand new career. And she found meaning uh, as a dental hygienist, a sculptor, a jeweler, a surfer, a builder. She built houses, a fisherwoman, a potter. And then when macular degeneration um, struck, she and she could no longer. Sea to glaze her pottery or to go to the ocean and get out with the shore break. She wrote haiku poetry about her life and her thoughts. And uh, she was very philosophical, as was her father. And she'd been nourished by her father. So I think that gave her a, a special belief in herself and a spirit. And besides being an artist, she was a competitive sportswoman. Growing up, she played basketball. She was very, very competitive and she competed in roller skating, ice skating, track, and was voted the most valuable athlete in her senior year of high school and didn't start surfing until she was 41.
0: And that's the thing that is just so amazing. Of course, she was a competitive swimmer, so the water was natural to her. But surfing, I think today we think of it as more of a young person's sport, thinking teenagers. And here she's 41. Oh, my gosh, that speaks volumes. I know. (laughs) I know.
1: And she, you know, got hurt, Uh, uh, bruised ribs and hematoma on her leg but nothing would stop her it was it was her sport and as she said she was bitten by the surfing bug and she uh just loved it and uh gave her a lot of uh i mean she was already strong but it gave her added strength and just really was a very important activity in her life she was on She took second place at the early Makaha International Surfing Contest, which that was the first big surfing contest in the country, as far as we know. So she took second in 1956, and then she was invited to be on the first Hawaiian surfing team to Lima, Peru. And down there, she beat the woman that had beat her, in Makaha, and she came back with the first place trophy. And that was very meaningful, and she just loved it. And she met a lot of Peru. This was a very exclusive club in Lima, Peru, started by a Peruvian named Carlos Donier. And they fell in love with her. And throughout, The rest of her years, they would come and visit. They were like a family. And she went back to Lima two or three times after 1956. And then in 1957, I went, she said, she always dangled little carrots in front of me. She said, you know, Vicky, if you can win the 1957 Akaha event, I think we can get invited back to Lima. I went, Woohoo. So I did, I won it. And then in nineteen sixty we were both invited to back to Lima to interest the women in surfing. Women didn't surf in Lima. They felt it was masculine and just something that they couldn't do. And the men at the club wanted the women to surf. So they brought us down to make it look feminine and fun. And so that's what we did for a month. We hung out down there and surfed and tried to get the women to surf. And now there's tons of women surfing there.
0: And were they then receptive even at that time? Because you're, you know, changing norms and asking them to do something that they really didn't think they should be doing. So were they responsive? Did they get involved? Not when we
1: were there. It wasn't until after, afterwards.
0: But still it planted a seed.
1: And yes, and now there's, I don't know, maybe, I'm not sure how many are surfing there, but I think a lot. And one of the world champions was from Lima. Um, I think it was in 1990. So that was pretty interesting. But Mother was an adventurer great adventure. She also flew, got her license to, she got her student's license to fly a Waco airplane and then talked uh, some men in that were flying the early gliders at the Los Angeles International Airport today. Gus Briglid was a glider, one of the early glider manufacturers and pilots, and she talked them into letting her go up in this glider with only eight hours of instruction, this was at the time and when she was training for the 1936 Olympics that were going to be held in in Germany, and she crashed the glider and broke her leg. In it was a compound fracture, so that ended her competitive swimming career. But all through her life, she was doing adventurous activities. She pushed herself to the limit, and she believed that she could do whatever she wanted to. She had no limiting beliefs. And I think that's one of the lessons out of the book that we so many times, it reminds us that we have so many gifts and talents that are unrealized, and we have limiting beliefs, whereas If we just believe that we can do it, we can. He was a progressive thinker.
0: And so that is probably one of the core pieces, I feel, of this wonderful book, Wave Woman. So yes, of course, it's about surfing and being a pioneer in this surfing. But beyond that story, is this kind of nugget, as you mentioned, about limiting thoughts because... Earlier on, as a young woman, she's just graduating from USC, she writes this credo to herself that really addresses that. Yes. And so I think that that's just fascinating. And she
1: also wanted everybody else to believe in themselves.
0: And thus, having her as a mother, she continued that kind of philosophy, giving you and your sister that space to really explore and be all you could be.
1: Right. By writing this book.
0: So this was a new experience for you. Exactly. I was a
1: clothing and textiles major, and I had a a clothing business for for many years. I got my master's in Oregon and came back to Hawaii and actually was a teacher at a Title I school in Waianae, which is the town right next to Makaha, because I wanted to live there. Came back from graduate school, wanting to live in Hawaii and spend mother's last years with her. And so I took this job at this Title I school, which I had no clue how to, how to teach. But I just made it my mission and went actually back to school to learn how to deal with these angry local kids who didn't want me as their teacher. And so that was an experience also of 12 and a half years. And then I went back into clothing and textiles. And so I haven't done as many things, accomplished as many endeavors as mother did, but I've done a few and I think that she really has been my inspiration and hope she hopefully she will be her life will be the inspiration for others that read the book and think about life in those terms because she was very curious to the very end of life, and they say that's a very important quality to have, maybe more than um, education right. or intelligence, because if you're curious and you're adventurous, you're going to find out how to do something that, that you want to do. You don't give up.
0: Right and thinking in terms of the surfing women were not involved in that as a sport but that didn't stop her it just she loved the water it looked really appealing to her and she got lessons and and she just did it and not just right. for sport but then to be such a competitor and win these coveted prizes it's amazing I know I know but then you also did this competitively and you had your own awards in that way right right
1: I'm not as competitive as she was but I won in 1957 and that was good enough for me
0: (laughs) right (laughs) then yes there were other things to explore
1: also gave
0: me a lot of surfing
1: gave us a lot of physical strength paddling struggling to paddle out when waves are breaking, holding your board. Not many women were out there, really, which was kind of nice because we we're out there meeting a lot of men and rubbing elbows with them. But it was such an important sport because it, it gave us a lot of physical strength, which I think built mental strength. You know, we believed in ourselves so much that it did affect us mentally. Right. But it's another positive aspect of a sport that is physically demanding.
0: And, you know, on the surface, I don't, well, I look at it and I don't think of those pieces of it. So it's really great to basically kind of dissect it in this way and realize how invaluable it is, the life lessons that one learns through surfing, even if it's not in competition, just merely, right. right? Yeah. Right, and you have
1: to make decisions, you have to learn about the ocean, you have to know the waves, you have to know the bottom, what the bottom of the ocean looks like, because that affects how the wave breaks, and where it breaks, and there's a lot that goes into it, and sometimes you don't have much time to make a decision, so you learn how to Think fast, make a
0: decision, and move through it. And it nearly and, killed your yeah. mom, too. Didn't she have a, a very close death experience uh, falling off right. a surfboard?
1: Right. The big waves have lots of white water, and it's very hard to come to the surface churning around. It's like a washing machine. And it's really hard, you have to relax, you have to make yourself big, and then you hopefully float to the top eventually. And then you just get to the top and another wave comes. And so then you have to be able to hold your breath and know that it's gonna be okay. And because if you get scared and tighten up, it takes you a lot longer to come to the surface. You stay under longer.
0: And of course, that could be deadly. Right. So incredible. It's uh, this fascinating read. We should mention that the book is just coming out. We're doing this little teaser uh, a few days before the book will actually be out in bookstores. But I, I want to do this because we're wrapping up Women's History Month. So with your writing about your mother, with what you're doing, you know, we really want to focus on what women have done, what women are capable of doing. So I think Wave Woman is that kind of inspiration. So we should mention the website so people can get the information and, and then be asking for it at their local bookstore.
1: Right. The, the website is com. It will be out April 7th. And hopefully it will be in bookstores all across the country. And I think another strong message for women is that mother believed that you didn't have to live a life that that you were not happy with. So she ended up eloping with my father when she didn't know him well enough. And they were married for 22 years, but it was a life that she was not happy with. And she waited till uh, the, the time was right. And she left him and moved out to Makaha Beach and lived in a fishing cabin. It was actually a rusty old Quonset that was on the property right next to the property that my parents had bought. And she, she left a nice house in Waikiki and a uh, HF. they were both manufacturing jewelers so she had worked with him through the years but one woman was not enough for my father and so she finally left halfway through my senior year in high school and moved to Makaha and lived in this fishing shack for six months there was no hot water it was very uh, the bathroom was outside the shower was out next to the beach. So you had to take a shower with your bathing suit on or when it was dark at night or early in the morning when it was dark. And she did this to have the life that she wanted. And she ended up uh, building a house and living there until her last days. She met another man uh, maybe eight years later, and they had a wonderful life together for about 25 years which she said were the best years of her life. And they fished and made projects together and could build anything. So together they were quite a pair and building porches and redoing the house. And they started a foundry for making metal objects. And they were a pretty amazing team. And she was just very, ended up, saying how happy she was with her with her life and of course she was living right on the house was right on the most beautiful one of the most beautiful beaches in the world. And so she wrote her haiku about some of those experiences. And she loved nature and it's a very beautiful area out there where at Makaha, a beautiful valley with high four thousand foot mountains right behind.
0: She was a happy camper in the end. Well, you know, she seemed to be this happy camper all along, even though right. these really right. challenging things happened, like even in her youth, where the family lost, you know, its right. fortune because, and then there was the depression. But somehow, she just kept moving forward and uh, right. had this incredible resilience.
1: Yes. Yeah. And believed that it was never too late to follow a dream and worked very hard, challenged herself, and was so interested in life. And she was very stoic about life. She was not emotionally, she didn't get all emotional. She was always just very practical and calm and embraced change
0: and challenge. And into and being yeah. this way, did she want to encourage other women or was she doing just what she felt she needed to do and if others learned, great, if not, it wasn't her mission? Or what? what's your feeling about that, Vicki? No,
1: she was very encouraging for um, for other women in sports and actually men and women alike just love to be around her because she wanted everybody to be the best that they could be. And she saw the best in everybody and lifted others up. She wanted, you know, her friends to be the best they could be. And she was a great listener. She had a sense of humor and she was a lifelong learner. So she knew more about what was going on politically and, and in science than, than any of us did. She told me maybe in, I forget what year, it was, maybe in the 90s, you know, something very important is coming in, having to do with the computer. It's called the cloud or something like that, because she... And I said, okay, I'll wait to find out about it. And and she also was very insightful. She knew that that surfing was going to be big. And in the mid-50s, she told me that I should mention we surfed at the Renaissance when surfing was just starting to become big. It had died out for over 100 years. The Hawaiians were very into surfing. They had what was called the Makahiki period in the fall, where they didn't do anything but their games and surfing. And they had surfing competitions. They bet on surfing. They courted surfing. And then when the missionaries came, and there was also disease, surfing died out. So there were very few Hawaiian surfers seen around in the islands. So we were kind of right at the resurgence, and she told me, she said, this is going to be really big, and you're going to want to write about this someday, (laughs) and you need to keep notes in 1957.
0: She had that vision already at that time. She had a lot of, yeah. yeah.
1: She had a great vision and intuitive nature.
0: Well, I mentioned earlier on because you were talking about thinking and being able to really focus on what it is that you want. And I had mentioned that when she graduated from college, she had written this credo. And you mentioned it on your website. And of course, it's in the book. This sentence, I think, is so powerful for us for anything. She wrote, you are where your thoughts have brought you. And I think that that is just so powerful that we need to embrace that thinking.
1: Yes. She was very philosophical and positive. And there are some of her writings. I'm guilty of not asking her enough questions. (laughs) I would also encourage everybody to really ask the questions early, early. And uh, because when I went to write the book, I went, oh my gosh, why didn't I ask about this? We talked about a lot of things, but there were a lot of things we didn't talk about. And I just luckily found, I talk about it in the book, I found this box in our dusty garage out in Macaha that had her a journal that she had written when she was 24. And that Filled in a lot of the questions. There were philosophical writings that she had kept for 70 years, and that gave me a lot of insight into to her, to some some of the questions that I hadn't asked. It was just a story that she had actually written a couple of books, but she had them like Xerox of her haiku, because she wrote so many haiku. She wondered what to do with them. And this woman who actually ended up being a soulmate, I read about it in the book, said, well, you have to write a book. So she put them in a book and I wrote a couple of pages of her brief life story. And she took great joy in, in giving these books and selling them. And then after she had passed, I thought, this is a fabulous story and there has to be something better written about it. And so that made me want to write this book. So it took it was very difficult and it took a community to get it all together, but I am very happy I did it and I'm pretty happy with the book.
0: And I am really so grateful that you did feel that inspiration and the need to share your mother's story, because it is really a story for all of us. We can really embrace it as something that's giving us that little nudge, that maybe a push to really pursue. I hope so. I, I, good, yes. You and I both, Vicki. I think, sure. uh, yes, it, the story is there, so highly recommended to read Wave Woman. Let's mention the uh, website once again. It's
1: wave Woman. .com and on that website about wave woman I actually have been able to capture some video interviews that she had talking about her life and then she also entered an essay contest with her soulmate and they amazingly both ended up winning and it will be evolving an evolving website
0: I hope Well, I hope so, too, because uh, this is just so fascinating and we always, we're in such need of good, inspiring stories because there is so much good around us. We just have to find it and then, you know, plant ourselves there. So I am so grateful, Vicki, that you... Again, had this inspiration, this drive to write Wave Woman, to tell us about your mother and certainly to take time with us this morning to give us some very important insights.
1: Thank you, Kate. I've enjoyed it. And mother, my husband keeps saying, your mother would be blown away (laughs) if she knew what you're doing.
0: (laughs) And you're doing a darn good job of it.
1: (laughs) Thank you. You're welcome. It's been great, and I hope this finds many enthusiastic readers and changes some lives. That's what she would have wanted.
0: Yes, bottom line, that's what it's about.
1: Right. And aloha from Honolulu.
0: And with that, we are at the end of a very full hour of Inspirational Women with Vicki Duran and Sunday Morning Magazine with Hope Jaron. I'm Kate Daniels, your host, and I greatly appreciate your sharing this hour with me and these special guests. For details you might have missed or information you'd like to know, please just send me an email kated at warm1069.com and I'll get right back to you. Also, if you'd like to listen again or share these important stories with your family and friends, find the podcast on our Warm 106.9 webpage. Click on the podcast tab, then Sunday mornings, and look for the show and guest names. I now wish you and your family a day of believing we are capable of change to make a world of difference.